0: Hi, my name is Peter Maestri, and you're listening to Divorce the First Six Months. If you are someone who is about to go through a divorce, or maybe you're healing from one, then you're in the right place. This conversation and the stories you're going to listen to focus on people who have gone through a divorce, and more importantly, how they navigated through it. Having said that, let's get right into it. It's so important. It's like you are what you eat. You know, you surround yourself around people that are not good, and then that's what you're going to eventually be. But if you switch it and you start changing the conversation, then you have a say in it.
1: And it's, it's so cool because there's so many different access points. I think, you know, like sometimes you cut a person out of your life that, you know, is not a good person for you. And then you have a better opinion of yourself. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have a better opinion of yourself. And then suddenly that person isn't really around anymore. Do you know what I mean? So I personally I'm not a big fan of the like set boundaries conversation do you know what I mean just because that's a very I don't know it's just a kind of very masculine harsh way of thinking about it for me and I think that that was one of the things that kept me from kind of changing or having the courage to speak up sometimes so many times is because I didn't you know always like that like we gotta take it on and we gotta like we gotta cut this out and we gotta put up a wall and I'm like well no because guess what like if I'm acting in alignment with myself in the like smallest ways every single day that's just not gonna show up in my space anymore you know, it's not going to show up for me. Like you should reach out to that person that's treating you like a terrible, you know, terrible person. No, I'm probably just not going to reach out to that person. And I found that as I kind of just started embracing these like smaller little changes, that was really, I think what built the foundation for me to like love myself. It was a slow transformation. You know, it didn't happen in a moment. It was kind of one of those like all of a sudden I started having positive thoughts about myself. Like one day I'd be like, whoa, I just like thought I was pretty. Like I've never thought that before. Do you know what I mean? Or whatever it was, right. Unless it was someone else telling me, you know, or like the next day I'd be like, something, you know, some, some other thing would happen. I'm like, whoa, like that's never happened before. You know? So it was, it was, it was this, this, this like real process. You know, and I think sometimes we're looking for these like quick fixes and we're looking for something to turn us around right away. And did it take making some dramatic changes in my life? Yeah. Like I stopped drinking. That was a dramatic change for me. But sometimes it's like the dramatic changes do it. And sometimes it's those little things that you do where you just start to kind of make these little commitments to yourself and kind of watch it unfold.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. If you had the opportunity to, to speak to the younger version of yourself, the one that's about to go through it, and you had two minutes to say some advice, what would you say?
1: I think it's not... It's not how you act in the times where everything's going right and everything's good it really is how you act in the worst times and the darkest times that make you who you are and that allow you to become the person that you always wanted to be you know and um There's this saying that says his rejection is God's protection. And sometimes when things seem like they're going so wrong, it's really because it's the fastest way to lead you to the life that you actually do want. And that pain is transformational. It's not necessary, but if it's there, it's because that's the way you were supposed to deal with the situation, you know, it's not forever. And I would, I just think it's so important to know that nothing lasts forever. Nothing's permanent, but that the moment it's okay it's okay to feel all of it and it's also okay to not feel but you don't have to listen to the people that are saying terrible things about you because no matter what you de- you've you done you don't deserve to be called names you don't deserve to listen to people um, berating you over and over again. And you don't need to be taken down by that, by other people. And um, it doesn't do anybody any good for you to hate yourself. Even if you think it's going to fix things, it's not. And the only thing for you to do is to return to you. And that is what this process is for, is returning to a you. It's not even returning, it's not the right word. It's like transforming to the next iteration of you.
0: What would you forgive?
1: Forgive is such a loaded word, you know, because for me, what's ingrained in the word forgive is you did something wrong. So every time I think the word forgive, I think I did something wrong. He did something wrong, you know? And I think that's what's so tricky for me about that word, because ultimately, when I look at the situation I was in. Everyone was just doing what they, what they did. You know what I mean? Everyone was just doing what they were doing. It really was just like, there weren't really any surprises. Like, I don't think anyone who actually saw it were like, oh yeah, well that was not going to go that way. Like no one would be surprised if this was the movie. You know what I mean? That it went that way. And so, you know, I think, I think what it, what it is, is how I view that idea is just having so much compassion for myself in, you know, where I was at that point in life and at, um, and in the situation that I was in and having so much compassion for him in the situation that he was in and where he wasn't at his point in his life. And, um, you know, I'm writing a play right now about this whole situation, right? Um, Which was a big surprise. It's not something I was ever expecting because I am like, I don't know. I am very private about like my personal life. Like I'm an open book about most things, but about like my personal life and like my maybe failings in like, quote unquote, that you, I might call them. I'm not going to like put all that stuff out there. Right. But th- it just came to me one day, you know, it just like came to me and I started writing about it. And I was like, this, this has to be told because I, it's not just about the story. Do you know what I mean? On one hand, it's just, it's just another story. But for me, what it's about is I'm really clear that there are no good guys and bad guys in my story. There's just no good guys and bad guys. There's just some people that did some things, you know? And if you really look from the perspective of each person in that, you can totally get it. I mean, you're like, yep. Yep completely understand why you did that, completely understand why you said that, like, I, yes, yes, yeah, you know, like, you could, you could just get it, like, you could get yourself in their shoes, and you could just understand it, and I think that that's what's so often missing in relationships, and particularly ones that end in, you know, breaking up, or divorce, or any of those, is the ability to step outside of your own perspective and really see it from another person's perspective. Um, And um, that's what's important for me here is less about the idea of looking back and saying like, it's okay for what you did, but more about that idea of like going back and being in that as a new person. And that's, I think what writing and performing this is is like allowing me to do as I'm developing it is being that new me who I am now in that perspective. It's like, I get to see, Oh yeah. Okay. That's why you did that. (laughs) You know what I mean? And it's like, so healing. It's so healing. And it's so healing also to write his perspective because guess what guess what i guess what comes up for me is writing him as about the bad guy of course of course right like that's like self-preservation is writing him as the bad guy but what does it take to tell the story from that perspective and to watch actors embody it from their perspective i i learned from watching you know someone else play him I'm like oh you know or writing a monologue for him I'm like oh you know um it takes something to put myself in that way of thinking about it but like now 10 years later it's like I'm getting the ability to do that I wouldn't you know again I would never I would never want to put someone in the situation do you know what I mean that I've bet them through I would never want to subject anybody to that But the healing process and the growth process that I have come through and like who I am today and the way that I view relationships today, the way that I view marriage today, the way that I view um, friendship today, the way that I view ideas of like loyalty versus the ideas of just like truly being happy and And having every situation, you know, be a win-win, I have a commitment to myself that I don't do things out of obligation. And it sounds like a simple thing to say, but what it takes to do to be that in life is kind of everything. And I'm definitely not perfect at it, but I've gotten pretty good at it. Because guess what? I know what it looks like to live a life where, I, where it's about obligation, where it's about pleasing other people, where it's about doing the right thing, where it's about looking the right way, where it's about all of those things. And um, I just am like, I am struck on a daily basis by the quality of my life, by the quality of my interactions with other people, by like the gift that it is to live life as, as open as I am. And also knowing and being clear that there's limitations to my perspective and being kind of humbled in the way that I was, you know, by, oh, so the way that I see things isn't always right. You know, I mean, I learned a lot, I grew up a lot in that time, you know, and I'm, I'm so incredibly grateful for, for that you know, and I'm not, I mean, who's to say it wouldn't happen another way if it didn't go down like that. I don't know, you know, but I, I just, I just feel like the, the healing process has been so, um, so rewarding and so, um, so beautiful. And so, um, it's like, just, just like exquisite, you know, that it's, um, it's just all, it is, it's all perfect. It really is, you know, and, and really it, it, to anybody that's going through, I mean, you know, anything in life, but like this is something that people do not talk about. And that's why I'm so grateful to be having this conversation. I, mean, I think about, I think about, I'm like, well, I've never had a public conversation about d- my divorce. You know, I've never, I, I've, of course, I've talked to people about it, you know, or I've shared my insights. Um, but guess what, if someone doesn't start talking about it, it's just going to continue to have whatever stigma it's going to have, it's going to continue to have people, so many people go through it. And yet, you know, and there's plenty of other things too, that aren't talked about as well, right? But But divorce is one of those things that is just like, don't, don't talk about it. Don't bring it. Just pretend it never happened, like whatever. And it's like, no, thank you. Like, thank you, Peter, for bringing this to the surface. Because I do think that it is something that, you know, and and what I'm so inspired by about kind of your message is this, you don't have to suffer. Are are you, is it going to be painful Pro- probably, do you know what I mean? Just pro- yeah. probably, like, I don't want to say for sure, just because I don't know, maybe, maybe not, but, but do you have to suffer? Do you know, do you have to suffer? I, I, I do, I did for sure. You know, I really did, but I also, even the suffering, although I would never try to glorify it because I do, I just don't believe in that anymore, do you know, I do, I do, what I do now in life is there's this thing, again, in 12-step called a living amends, which means that if you go to kind of make amends with someone and ask for forgiveness and they won't forgive you, or you can't have that conversation with them for whatever reason, you, you instead kind of dedicate your life to restoring that, you know, that, that restoring, you know, that in some way. So it's like, for me, my living amends to my ex-husband is I really do strive to be honest and open in my relationships. I really do strive to tell the truth and to even when it's hard, you know? And, and, and that to me is, it's, it's dedicated to him, but I'm the beneficiary of it is the reality, do you know? And so, um, yeah, I just, I just think that, I just love that idea that this doesn't have to be something, this is something that when you have the right way of looking at it, it can be such a, such a beautiful thing and maybe not something you would have chosen to enter into you know a journey you would have chosen to to do but when you find yourself there how can you have this be a beneficial thing and something that that makes your life and uh, enriches and enhances your life and um and the lives of others
0: yeah and having said that i mean guys that's Jenny Caphart, you've just experienced her story who she is and who she is now so Jenny thank you so much for being a yes to this conversation like I'm it really like takes that. something it really does and, and you you laid it on the table and and I learned a lot in this conversation I learned a lot about me and and about my my ex you know You've opened up a new door to look at her with and to have more compassion. And that was my goal when, when I started this because I didn't want to hate. And we blame people, whether it's you know because of infidelity or whatever, you blame because you don't want to deal with what you're dealing with. And what I heard in your story that I take away, that I bring to my life is I never asked her. I never went and tried to understand the infidelity. I did the work for me to accept it and for me not to be ashamed of it happening to me, but I never never asked or I never looked at what it was like for her. And I loved her a lot, enough to do that for her, but I just didn't have that accessible to me. And what I missed the most about her was, you know, the friendship more than anything. Because I always felt heard with her. So you've opened that up. You've now, now I get to explore that part of me. That, that I didn't know was there. So thank you for that.
1: You're so welcome. I mean, that you got that from this conversation. That's (laughs) That's amazing. That says a lot about who you are and you're so welcome. Thank you for, for the opportunity, you know, to come and do this and hopefully make a difference for other people going through similar experiences.
0: And having said that everyone out there continue to be courageous, continue to be vulnerable because it does make a difference. We'll see you next time. This conversation started because someone challenged me to be vulnerable. So I'm challenging you share yourself and your story, be courageous, be vulnerable. It makes a difference.